0: Bullshit is everywhere. Don't have time for this because Ray's <laughs> internet could go out at any minute. Bullshit filter the news where we uh, read the news of the day and we 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 sniff we go sniffing for so, bullshit. We get our nose. And we normally find- yeah. yeah. Oh, there's so much bullshit out there today, my friend. Today uh, I want to talk about the recent oil tanker attacks that have been happening. Around uh, the Gulf of Oman or the Straits of Hormuz. Um, right. I had a whore muse once. Uh, she was a lovely whore. Uh, I used to look. Was at there her. an
1: explosion at the end? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's insensitive. I used to just sit back problems.
0: and look at her and go, "Wow, I just—you <laughs> really are my muse." No, I didn't expect that when I got a whore that she would be my muse,
1: but uh, what your money's worth.
0: Yeah. Um, um On a serious note, let's stop fucking around. Yes. Uh, June 13th. Uh, we're recording this, by the way, on uh, June 18th, at least in Australia. June 17th in wherever the fuck you are. Um Trump, 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 Sylvania. Trump Sylvania. Right. Oh, I like yeah. that. Mm. That's good. On June 13th, a little under a week ago, two oil tankers were attacked near the Strait of Hormuz, now, where is the Strait of Hormuz, Ray? Nobody knows more about Middle Eastern <laughs> geography than you do, uh, my little limpet. Can you uh, yeah.
1: explain it to me? <laughs> that is in between the, ooh, here we go, Persian Gulf and uh, Arabian Sea. Oh, my God. Yeah, so basically where um, uh, United Emir- Emirates sticks out, it's a little waterway in between Iran. Uh, yeah, so the Gulf there. And uh, I guess as they clear the the hormuz that's when the attacks are coming as they're starting to get out into the into the open waters and obviously they're right there on the southern border of Iran who is being accused by the Western powers of inflicting these attacks
0: i'm gonna I'm gonna try and help people that are geo I know Americans generally are geographically mm-hmm. challenged um but- you know they they don't they can't they can't tell the difference between Austria and Australia in many cases I've found. <laughs> think we're the same That's place. It. Didn't Hitler come from Australia? I go, well. Wow. <laughs> so <clears throat> here's here's what I want you to do. If, 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 whatever you're doing, take both hands. Even if you're driving right now, I don't care. Just take, take your, your hands off the steering
1: self-driving wheel. Self-driving
0: car. Hold your hands up in front of you. Flat. Palms flat. Thumbs out. thumbs out. out. Right? So thumbs out, right? Thumbs are nearly touching. Now take the thumb or take your right hand and curve it around. So the thumb... Of your left hand is going into the little gap between your thumb and your index finger on your right hand. Got it. Got it. Okay. So your left.
1: I wish I was on video.
0: Yeah, your left. Your left hand is Saudi Arabia. Your your left thumb is the United Arab Emirates. Uh, The top of your thumb is where Dubai is. Your right hand is basically Iran. And the little little bit between your left thumb and uh the, the webbing between your thumb and your index finger, that's the Straits of Hormuz. Um, above that, the gap in between your left hand and right hand, that's the Persian Gulf, and the bit down yes. below it is the Gulf the, the 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 gap in between your two thumbs is the gulf of Oman. There you go. Uh-huh. Geography one oh one using hands. Cam hands. <laughs> Where were you? It's like jazz Where hands. Cam oh, hands. Exactly. Oh, I
1: like that. I like that. <laughs> Now, hands.
0: Yeah. a third of the world's liquefied natural gas and almost a fifth, 20%, wow. of total global oil yeah. passes through the Strait of Hormuz, coming out of Saudi Arabia, mostly. As of 2011, the most recent numbers I could find, about 14 tankers a day pass out of the Persian Ooh. Gulf, down around the left thumb, and out to the right thumb.
1: <laughs> right. and that keeps the world going
0: keeps the world going yeah. it's about 17 million barrels of crude oil now when you when a ship is sailing around the thumbs it's mm-hmm. they're actually sailing through the territorial waters of Iran and Oman gotcha the the arms okay. as they're known the aren yeah, twins the, uh, the un- Iran Arns. and Oman right now they're allowed to travel through Through these territorial waters, because of something called the UNCLOS, the uh, United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea. Oh, pirates. And we'll talk. What? No. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. All right. Um,. And and and, and uh, a couple of ships were attacked there. But I, I, before we uh, in the last week and and again a month ago. But before we get into that, I just want to put out to our Alexander the Great listeners will remember maybe perhaps the Gulf of Oman as the place where uh, Alexander marched his men through the Gudroni Gudrosian Desert. Oh yeah. It was like, ah,
1: it's just over here.
0: There'll there'll be some food over here. I'm pretty sure.
1: It's somewhere (laughs) over here.
0: I think it was like a... a, They were marching through the desert for like a month, I think.
1: (laughs) Yes, and people were bawling left and right.
0: Yeah. And the Straits of Hormuz is where Alexander's Admiral, Nearchus, nearly starved to death. Because Alexander said, listen, we're going to invade Arabia next. Could you just go Go down and scope out the coastline? Yeah. And I'll make sure there's some water and food drops there for you along the way So <laughs> you, you don't starve Fortunately, that didn't quite work out So he nearly lost his uh, fleet as well as his army They they all nearly starved to death Because Alexander was like, eh, how hard can it be? It's like me making a documentary How hard can it be?
1: <laughs> you point a camera If Michael Moore can do it, I can right. do it Come yeah. on, I'll copy that exactly. fucking hard exactly
0: uh that's I just yes I did just compare myself to Alexander the Great there. Um so this is what I
1: live with folks.
0: Yeah. Please continue. You live with me? You wish. Uh no. so about a week ago <laughs>
1: right
0: two ships in one day were attacked in uh mm. sort of they were transiting the Gulf of Oman They come uh they were going uh they're leaving I think. Yeah, they were leaving right. uh the UAE. Yes. The two ships were a Japanese ship, the Kokuka Courageous. Nice. That's what I call my penis. And the Norwegian Front Altair.
1: That's what I call mine. (laughs) (laughs) The altar in the front. But anyway, I digress.
0: They were allegedly attacked with torpedoes or limpet mines. There was fire damage to both ships. The ships weren't sunk uh they they survived, the crews were all rescued. Um, but there's been a lot of bullshit uh, flying around about who did it and why. And I want to drill down into that mm-hmm. to the best of our ability uh, on the show today. Yeah.
1: Certainly since um, all the news that we're getting from the various sources, you never know who's lying, but that's that's kind of why we're here. Just well, to throw it out. My assumption is that
0: everyone's lying
1: <laughs> Right. Um, At least some of the the time.
0: uh, Our job is to try and figure out who is the most likely liars about this particular Mm. incident. Gotcha. Now, um, after the the attacks happened, American and Iranian military ships came in and rescued the crew members. Right. But there's some interesting stuff about the timing. So these attacks took place... On the exact same day that Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe was in Iran meeting with the Ayatollah Khomeini. now and why was he there? Well, that depends. Now, mm-hmm. the, the, the official narrative that I've seen spread around is that he was acting as an intermediary between right. Donald Trump and the Ayatollah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I'm not sure so, but- that I'm not sure I buy that. Um, I mean, there may have been, hey, you know, Donald says hi kind of thing going on Because of right. obviously the U- the relationship between the US and Iran is... Uh, yeah. right, look, it's, it hasn't been good since 1979 But it's uh, going through a particularly difficult period at the moment We'll get into that But also, right. uh, we have to remember that Japan is one of the biggest importers of Iranian oil And as mm-hmm. I'll get into in a moment um, the the US have just placed uh, more sanctions on the uh, import of Iranian oil. So Japan, I imagine Abe is like, listen, uh, we want to buy your oil, but because mm-hmm. um, because you know we got no we got no gripe with you. But um, if we do buy your oil, the Americans are gonna come out come after us, and right. um, we right. don't want trade sanctions like China. So uh, listen, we'll, we'll work it out. We'll, we'll, how about we just give you money because uh, I know you need the money. Yeah, and cash under the table. Yeah, we'll work it out later. Uh, something like that. I mean, I think that's probably really why Abe was there. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't. I, I, I look. Nobody knows more about. Japanese uh, <laughs> Prime Ministers than I do, Ray, but um, I, I somehow I think, I don't think, uh, apart from the fact that he did nominate Donald Trump for a Nobel Peace Prize, I don't think the Prime Minister of Japan is basically Donald Trump's bitch. That Donald Trump right. rings him up and goes, hey, um, Abe, I need you to go to Iran and... Tell him that uh, the last time I was there, I got mud on my shoes. I don't know what what, he's never been there. I don't know, but I don't think he's Donald Trump's whipping.
1: Right, true Um, story. He was named after the American president Abraham Lincoln, A B Abe, because it's Japanese. Look it up in your history books. (laughs) There
0: may have been, he may have had a message to to pass along, but I don't think. uh, I mean, what message would it be anyway? I mean, <coughs> what's the what's what, what? message is Trump going to pass on? Listen, I'm sorry about this. I'm I'm sorry I reneged on the global <laughs> deal that uh, you guys uh, are still to, being faithful yeah, to. Yeah, we're still yeah.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Okay, so um, the, I would just want to get back to the timing. So crazy timing for a right. Japanese oil tanker to be attacked. Right next to Iran, when the Prime Minister of Japan is meeting with the Ayatollahs. Okay. Now, almost immediately, the US government, the Saudis and the UK government blamed Iran for this.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: But as we'll see, there may be good reasons not to believe them, apart from the fact that it's the US, the Saudis and the UK. I mean, generally speaking... They have not been the most reliable of information sources when it comes to anything happening in the Middle East over the last yeah, 100 years. Um, but let's, let's um, go back a step. So the background is that May of 2018, May last year, Trump mm-hmm. withdrew the United States from the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action with Iran, the JCPOA, the JCPOA. Right. As I like to call it, because that just rolls off the tongue. The now
1: chi- I'm hungry. The chi- and <laughs> oh, you said chipotle. I'm sorry. I apologise.
0: Oh man, we've been we've been going through this um, uh, uh, chipotle um, hot hot sauce.
1: What, what, what's what's right. the, what are the little bottles of hot sauce? I- I can't do them, so I don't know. Heather, Heather can take it down. Oh, uh, hold on! You know the little, the, the little ones. You get
0: these little bottles of hot sauce. What's the jalapeno?
1: That? No, the, the tabasco. Uh, tabasco. Tabasco. Tabasco.
0: Tabasco. We've okay. got, we've got right. this chipotle Tabasco, and we go through like a bottle a day. Every day, I'm like, this is <laughs> fucking empty. I just opened it yesterday. We're like, yeah, it's on pancakes. yeah, 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 it's yeah. On eggs, everything. On, like, chipotle Tabasco whatever. on everything. It's the greatest. Anyway. <laughs> Little bit, little bit of uh, 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 pork ribs lunchtime in the grill. Bit of olive oil, bit of salt, bit of chipotle Tabasco on it. It's my my lunch. Oh, anyway, now I'm hungry too. Where was I? Oh yeah, ships. So um, the Jakapoa. So a year ago, the United States would it had been put into place in 2015 um, Mm -hmm. between the UN Security Council, Germany, and the EU with Iran was something that. Obama uh, sort of Mm -hmm. shepherded through, trying to reduce the tensions with Iran um, and and come up with a plan for the world to to work together with Iran. Yeah. Now, uh, Trump pulled out of that for reasons no one understands, not even Trump, and has (laughs) increasingly been ramping up Yes. Sanctions on Iran over the course of the last year and and particularly in the last month they've they've gone to a whole new level basically prevented right. uh, all of Iran's major oil customers, namely China, India and Japan being the biggest, from being able to uh, export or import oil from Iran mm-hmm. um, and, and and using basically threats of uh, secondary sanctions and uh, trade sanctions tariffs to force right. these countries to abide by the Iranian sanctions. Because these countries don't want to stop getting oil no, from Iran. No, it's but oil. The, the US, like the big bully that they like to be, uh, basically threatening these other countries, well, if you don't do this, then we're going to you know, punish you. Right. Now... Um, Under this deal, this 2015 deal, Iran agreed to eliminate its stockpile of medium-enriched uranium, Mm -hmm. cut its stockpile of low-enriched uranium by 98%, and reduce the number of gas centrifuges that it has by about two-thirds for 13 years. And then there were nice. some other things after that that they were supposed to do. But that, that's the main thing. That's the big one. And yeah. um, they also agreed not to build any new heavy water facilities for the same period. Right. Right. They also agreed to let the International Atomic Energy Agency, the IAEA, yeah.
1: I'm not hungry.
0: That does that doesn't make me hungry. It's also what Mexican banditos say no. when you're Shooting at them, hey, hey,
1: hey, hey, hey,
0: so they run away or dancing,
1: dancing. When they're dancing. <laughs> yeah, either well, way, it's
0: hard to tell the difference sometimes because they <laughs> are often shooting guns into ceilings when they're dancing. I that's how I dance, no, yeah. Um, anyway, what was the name of the Mexican mouse cartoon? <laughs> Speedy, Speedy Gonzalez, yeah. <laughs> hey! Everything I know about Mexico, I know from Speedy Gonzalez <laughs> no. cartoons as a child. No,
1: um. <clears throat> So those are uh, good moves. Those are good, solid moves. I hadn't finished and that. They, they,
0: were kind of, the, they agreed yeah. to let the IAEA um, have regular access to their facilities to monitor their pro, like lots, hundreds of guys in their monitoring. Yeah, and they have been doing that. And the IAEA, as we reported on this here very podcast, like a month or so ago, uh, saying, "Yeah, no, mm-hmm. they're they're sticking to the deal, even though Trump has pulled the US out." of the nice. plan, Iran is sticking to it. They're like, well, fuck this guy. Like we, we, we said we would do this, we're gonna do this. Now, right yeah. there, that should tell you pretty much everything you need to know about mm-hmm. the integrity and intent of these two countries. So we're looking whenever we're trying to figure out who's lying, yeah. um, you know, we're looking for indicators. Indicators of uh character, right? If if nations have character. Right. Um, who has a who has a background of sticking to their deal, uh, and who has a background of uh, reneging? Who has a background of telling lies over and over and over again? Who has a background of invading <laughs> other countries with on trumped up uh, uh, claims, and who doesn't? Right. So we look at these things and go well. It's like, you know, I always say, you know, if if people say, well, uh, who are you going to believe, the FBI or Julian Assange? I'm like, well, (laughs) (laughs) out of these two people, you know, on the surface, we could say we don't know who to believe. Either of them could be lying. Both could be lying. One of them has a long track record of lying for a living. And the other has a more short-term track record, but over a decade, of getting it right every time. Now, which one of those am I more likely to want to side with if I have to choose between the two? The one that actually has a long track record of lying, or the one who hasn't?
1: I'm going to go with the one who hasn't, I guess. That sort of makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that he exposed crimes that you know, were perpetrated by um, British Americans and I think Australian um, soldiers in the Middle East. So, yeah. So not only am I probably telling the truth, but because I'm exposing crimes by you guys, of course, you're going to say I'm lying. Why wouldn't you say that?
0: Exactly. So it's the same with this. Um, so Iran has stuck to the deal even after the U.S. pulled out for no good reason and mm-hmm. started ramping up tensions uh, and sanctions, Iran has stuck right. to the deal. Now, um, in May, uh, the IAEA, was the last time they reported that Iran is abiding by the main terms of the deal, but mm-hmm. it's, it hasn't stopped Trump and Mike Pompeo and Bolton from treating Iran, like the guy who just walked into the office with dog shit on his shoe. They're like, "Oh,
1: Iran. Yeah. why did you step in? It wanted. Yeah.
0: Now also in May 2019, there was the first incident of ships being attacked in the Gulf of Oman. Four ships were damaged in that incident, including two Saudi Arabian oil tankers, a Norwegian oil tanker and an Emirati bunkering ship. The US okay. immediately blamed Iran for those attacks as well, as did the Saudis, but an internal investigation led by the UAE, whilst they did say it looked like it was a sophisticated a sophisticated attack by some sort of state actor, didn't right. name any culprit, which is mm. suggests they didn't find any evidence to point the finger at Iran.
1: Yeah. Another conclusive. That right. didn't
0: stop the U.S. though, and the Saudis and the UK at the time saying, "Oh yeah, it was probably a run." Right. Um, do you have any evidence? Wow, they stepped in dog shit. Like, can't you smell it? <laughs> yeah, but you put the dog shit smell. on their shoe. Well, Yeah, but it's their shoe. It's still there. It's yeah, still there. It's their
1: shoe. Yeah.
0: Now they did suggest at the time that the the UAE uh, investigation did suggest that the damage was caused by limpet mines planted mm-hmm. by divers using right. fast boats. Now, yeah, uh, what's a limpet mine, Ray? No one knows more about limpet
1: mines than you. Um, I imagine they are rather small. Um, with magnets that you can go up and put it on the side of the ship. And what I don't know is, is it, do you put a timer or is it a remote control? But it's basically a small um, detonator with a with a magnet that you can just go up, stick it on the side of the ship and uh, and go away.
0: Yeah, uh, sure. I think either way, you can do it remotely or, or mm. on a timer. They were invented by the British in World War II, I think. Wow. Oh, okay. Um, so named, uh, limpet because of their similarity to the limpet, a type of sea snail that clings tightly mm. to rocks or other hard surfaces. So, which is oh. why it's also my nickname for Ray. He's my little limpet. He clings <laughs> clings <laughs> tightly to my hard surfaces.
1: Another fun fact for the listeners. Pray continue
0: now. Over the years, whenever tensions with the U.S. have increased, one of the first mm-hmm. things that Iranian officials say is they threaten to close the Strait of Hormuz. Right. The Straits of Hormuz. Now, I guess the logic is, well, if we can't sell our oil, then neither can the Gulf states. But the question yeah. is, can they legally close the Straits of Hormuz? Mm-hmm. Well... As far as I can tell, there's a little bit yes and a little bit no. Do you have any uh, thoughts on this subject, Ray?
1: I thought it was that, you know, technically, obviously, you're going to piss off the world because that's international shipping. That's business. That's the lifeblood of, of, of many different countries. But the point is, and sometimes you can step outside of the law and say, well, it goes right by our borders. And obviously, we can have... Um, boats out there, we can have soldiers, we can have missiles, we can have shore batteries, whatever. So I, it wasn't so much they can—they have the right to close it legally. It's just that they could project their power as other countries do on their borders all the time. And I think they were just taking advantage of that proximity to make that threat, not to be called on it, but to just make that threat and maybe rattle some cages of other countries.
0: Mm. Well, what do you think? Well, It's a little bit more complicated than that. So Mm -hmm. the Straits of Hormuz, to pass through them, you have to pass through these territorial waters. And the Iranian government is a signatory to the 1982 United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea that I mentioned before. And it's committed as a result of that to avoid any action that would violate the convention um okay. but there's a couple of there's a couple of issues here number one uh the convention applies to commercial shipping mostly peaceful shipping mm-hmm. uh, anything that's uh, a military or, or a threat ah
1: uh, right. obviously
0: you're not going to allow uh you, know, you know Navy into your territorial yeah. waters without permission Sure. But also, at the time that Iran signed the convention uh, in 1982, it announced it would only recognise the right of transit passage for countries that had also signed the convention. Mm -hmm. Guess which country didn't sign the convention? (laughs) If there was a country in the world that you would expect not to sign a okay. United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea. Which country would it right. be, Right.
1: Let me, let, me, let me take a stab at this. <clears throat> wow, that's a good old U.S. of A.
0: <laughs> that's exactly what I've got written in my notes, the good old U.S. of A. <laughs> How did you know that? Wow, that's creepy. I'm a
1: hacker. Yeah. Hack- anyway. Um, uh,
0: yes, a- a- along with the International Criminal Court, the United, the United right. States of America decided, yeah, United Nations Conventions. <laughs> not for uh, us. Not for us. Like, we created yeah. the United Nations. Yeah. Oh,
1: we yeah, created
0: yeah, yeah. the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea. Said, look, I think we should <laughs> have this. Everyone <laughs> went, okay, good idea. Let's all sign it. And the US went, oh, shit, look <laughs> at the time. I forgot I've got a uh, hair appointment.
1: Got a thing. Right. <laughs> got to
0: go. I got to go and yeah. invade a country that did nothing. Um, right. we'll, be, we'll be back later, and they never got back to it. Right. Um, wow, that's, that's not to say successive of, of American administrations haven't been trying to sign it for decades, right? Including George W. Bush, um, but uh-huh. just just can't get it Congress. through Congress. Apparently, yes. There you um, go. Uh, now that doesn't mean though that. Uh, Iran can stop Saudi ships uh, or, or Japanese tankers because uh, they they've all signed it from passing through. So legally, they probably can't do that, but um, they threaten it from time to time. Anyway, look, it's our waters. You can't right. you can't pass through it now. In terms of uh, right of transit passage, uh, guess whose navy is in the Straits of Hormuz.
1: Uh, will that be the good old US of A? Do the good the old US fleet? of A. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. fifth fleet is there. Yeah. Uh, let
0: me see. You've got. Uh, I put ca- this in carrier
1: Yeah. And escorts. Yeah. Which normally is destroyers, cruisers.
0: Yeah. I'm looking for. I put this in mine. Oh, here we go. Uh, on mm. and and this on May fifth. Uh, Twenty nineteen. John right. Bolton, the National Security Advisor, uh, announced that a battleship carrier strike group group led by the USS Abraham Lincoln, named, na- named after the Prime Minister of Japan, and a bomber <laughs> task force, including B-52s, were deploying yeah. off Iran's coast. And then five days later, the Pentagon announced the USS Arlington and a battery of Patriot missile systems Damn. would uh, go there as well. The Arlington has U.S. Marines, aircraft, landing craft, weapon systems to support an amphibious assault. Special operations teams. <laughs> um, they're off the coast of Iran. Right. Just uh, just sitting there, J- just 'cause yeah, yeah. as we in call in the suntan. Just the old gunboat diplomacy on behalf right. of the United States. Yeah, look, it's not like we're trying to um, prompt you into anything, but we're just going to put a right. bunch bunch of uh, yeah. uh, Navy forces and weapons off, yeah. off your coast. Right. Nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. It's all fine. <laughs> it's all good. Um, just go about your business, you know. Right. I'm holding a gun to your head, but... Um, but-
1: just, you do what you just relax you think is best exactly yeah,
0: everything's fine breathe. yeah breathe yeah
1: we've yeah. got your house surrounded um,
0: <laughs> but yeah. uh, you just you just keep doing what you're doing don't, you're like yeah. not nothing you nothing. do you yeah yeah you just
1: do yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so the point that you're making is obviously we have a lot of firepower um in the region right off their coast. And even though it is a country and I'm sure they spend a lot of money that they buy from well, not from us. I guess it's Russia and China. They they have a they have a sizable military. But obviously if they were to attack us, we would bring other forces in and it would get ugly very quickly and America would be hurt. But there's no way we could lose the war. So one question would be why would Iran provoke a possible war with the United States because you got John Bolton foaming at the of the mouth, who desperately wants to wipe this country out and do regime change. Um, it, it 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 just doesn't make a lot of sense unless they think that somehow they can do this, piss America off, and we we won't react. I just I just find the thinking difficult to to understand when it's just not in their best interest to I guess do something that's just short of all out war with the United States.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it makes no sense. But before we get to that, I want to finish up about the uh, Convention on the Law of the Sea. So uh, remember Jeannie Kirkpatrick of the Kirkpatrick
1: Doctrine? Can you remember what the Kirkpatrick Doctrine is? Um, Loosely, real quickly, we should work with not leftist governments, but right-leading governments, even if they're dictators, because... They might not be the most humane leaders, but we can trust them because they're not trying to be communists, something like that?
0: Yeah, close. Jeannie Kirkpatrick was uh, an ambassador under uh, Reagan. Um, and and the Kirkpatrick Doctrine essentially says it's uh, in America's best interests to support extreme mm. uh, right-wing dictatorships throughout the world, regardless of how... Violent they are because they will trade with us. Um, uh, left-wing governments won't trade with us. They'll they'll trade with the Soviet Union, yeah. um, as it was Soviet when Bloc. she came yeah. up with this uh, 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 doctrine. Um, Yeah, so it's in our best interest to support right-wing dictatorships, and that's why the US has been supporting extreme, violent right-wing dictatorships around the world ever since. Right. Um, Well, before that as well, but, you know, her idea in the early 80s was how to justify that, or late 70s. Now, in 2004... Um, on on the uh, UNCLOS, the Law of the Sea, mm-hmm. she said uh, the U.S. shouldn't sign it because it would limit their capacity for self-defense.
1: Ah,
0: um,
1: it might make the world a better place, but it, it 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 limits us to who we can attack or harass or whatever. So we shouldn't sign it. That's a very zero-sum. The US is at the center of the universe, kind of view.
0: Yeah. You know, the U-Clos, Damn. most countries that are signatures to it have the, the their territorial waters, I think, are determined to be 12 miles off the mm-hmm. coastline. The United, the United States has uh, said, well, 200? 12, yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. Yes. Oh, sorry. No, literally 200. Yes. Did you just guess I that? I no. was joking. No, no, no. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, oh uh, Ronald You're Reagan went. Ronald Reagan went. What? Well, twelve miles is <laughs> is is good for everyone else, but we're going to say two hundred. His first position was <laughs> the entire world is U.S. territorial waters. He came back to oh, two hundred miles.
1: Oh, <coughs> oh, okay.
0: The U.S. also, with the UN clause, the U.S. also have an issue with what's known as Part Eleven of the Convention, which talks about mining of potentially valuable metals. I think that's a big part of the US. They're like, well, we won't, might want to mine offshore yeah. uh, anywhere that we fucking can see. If we can see it, it's ours, and we so, want to mine it. And by, even if we can see it with a satellite, then we can see it. <clears throat> still so, they, so they want to claim... Here's, here's the best bit, right? So the US want to claim that Iran can't prevent shipping... Mm-hmm. In their own territorial waters, because they've signed the UN Convention of the Law of the Sea, but the US hasn't signed yeah. the convention. But they've well said, no, but "Baby, but you did sign it, and so if you prevent shipping, we will use force against you." Wow. We didn't sign it, but so what? You did <laughs> sign it, crazy. poor fool. Yeah. You, we will use
1: force. That a teacher.
0: Yeah. Not the United Nations, by the way, using force. Right. No, no. No, Who should be enforcing a United Nations Convention? The United Nations. No. It's the US threatening to use unilateral force against Iran if Iran breaks a UN convention that the US itself refuses to sign.
1: That that sounds right. For Actually, forty
0: years, has been refusing to sign. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. And because
1: it's been forty years, it's not being it's not being questions questioned as much as you would think it would be. It's it's now the norm.
0: Yeah, and see how much of this works its way into your uh, mainstream media narrative about yeah. uh, the U.S. not having signed it. Doesn't get doesn't get a mention. No. Now, um. Back to these recent attacks. So one tanker, as I said, was Japanese. The second vessel, the Front Elter, the name of your penis, is Norwegian-owned but had a 50% Russian crew on it. The others were Ah. Filipinos. Now, it's owned by Frontline, which is a huge tanker leasing company that has a long record of uh, a good working relationship with Iran, continuing to ship Mm -hmm. oil despite sanctions. It's business. So why would Iran target a Japanese ship while the Ayatollah was meeting with the Japanese <laughs> Prime Minister and a friendly
1: Russian crewed ship? Right. Makes absolutely no sense. Well, one analysis I heard, a uh, German think tank said that the, um, <clears throat> what's it called? The Republican Guard, I can't remember what the... The, the IRGC. Have, um the, are, the Revolutionary uh, yeah, Guard. Revolutionary Guard. Thank you. They were saying that, you know, because Iran is being pushed around, they're surrounded by enemies. And now you've got Trump, you know, getting out of the deal and ratcheting up um, the sanctions to a degree where they're literally trying to cause re- regime change. That maybe some of this might be... Um, uh, unauthorized uh, actions. Maybe some of these people. Maybe some of th- these groups or some units within that army are working independently, trying to um, to intimidate um, the Western powers, whatever. So what they're trying to say is, it's Iran, but it's not officially Iran, and they can't catch their own people and stop them from doing it. Bas- basically, it's a rogue, it's a rogue um, action. But even that doesn't really feel right or sound right. I think it's just a, I think it's just a good cover-up because what they're trying to say is the government, Tehran, can say, look, it's not us technically and technically, technically be correct and at the same time use that as an excuse to not be attacked by the Americans. We're doing it, but it's not us and we're working on it as best we can. Again, that sounds like horseshit to me, but that was one interpretation coming from the Germans.
0: Yeah, I've read that as well and uh, yeah, we have to remember that mm-hmm. the Revolutionary Guard... Is loyal to the Ayatollah, uh, who, you know, the previous right. Ayatollah Khomeini created them. So, if, you know, yeah. F- th- yeah. I mean, we'd have to say that the Ayatollah gave the order or approved the order for them to do this, to attack a Japanese ship while he's meeting with the Japanese PM. A f- friendly. Why would even the IRGC attack friendly nations? I mean, Iran yeah. needs the money from these friendly nations. To attack them is just going to hurt all Iranians. I mean, they're struggling as it is. But it's a theory, and I'll get right. into the theories at the moment. Now, but before I get into that, though, it's <laughs> worth noting that John Bolton was in the UAE two weeks ago, meeting with ministers of the UAE, and both ships had just left Dubai. Ooh, Coincidence. S- now, the US Central Command said the two vessels were hit by limpet mines. Now, usually right. limpet mines are attached below the waterline using magnets. Mm-hmm. Right. But both of these ships were damaged above the waterline. Yes. Which is a very ineffective place to blow a hole in a ship. Uh, You want to do damage to a ship You blow a hole under the waterline So water gets in If you blow a hole above the waterline You're just just blowing a hole Um, (laughs) Now, it's not good But it's also not really going to sink a ship So you just go Okay, well we'll sail the ship back to shore And fix the hole And get on with our business, right? Exactly. There might there might be some other damage to engines or that kind of stuff, but it's not a big deal. So mm-hmm. these attacks don't seem to have been designed to create any major disruption to right. oil supply. Not that even taking down two ships would matter a damn to the world's oil supply, but it was just somebody sending a signal mm-hmm. of something. Now... Right. The U.S. almost immediately claimed to have video of an Iranian ship taken from an American P-8 spy plane removing an unexploded limpet mine from the Japanese ship eight hours
1: later. Yes. (laughs) Got a lot of problems with that. So the theory is...
0: The American theory is the Iranians put limpet mines to blow holes in these ships in order to terrorize oil tankers. Right, right. One of them didn't explode, so Mm -hmm. the Iranians tiptoed in a boat eight hours later after the entire world is like, oh, my God, there's a thing in this boat. In a stretch of water that's not very wide. Right. Tiptoed over there. And we're like, shh, don't tell anyone. We're going to secretly remove this mine that didn't explode so they can't tell it's us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. With their pinkies on their mouths. Um, <laughs> like, okay. First of all, that story makes no sense. Secondly, <laughs> just because you have video of an Iranian ship sailing up along, and it's you've seen the video. It's taken from like 100 miles away. It's a spy plane video. It's very very grainy and hard to tell what the fuck's going on. Could be anything going on there. Thirdly, if they are in that video removing a limpet mine, what makes you think they put it there in the first place? If if, if a ship's just been attacked near your country and you send out a rescue boat, the rescue boat or the navy, who's trying to see what happened, is going to sail up beside the boat and is going to be crawling around looking for stuff. If there was an unexploded limpet mine on there, they would right. be taking it off. That would be your job if you're if you're there to uh, uh, rescue a ship and you see a mine attack. Yeah, you'd be taking it off. There's no reason <laughs> to assume that you also put the mine there. If 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 the police send out a bomb disposal crew to a fucking airport to get rid of a bomb, you don't automatically assume that they put the
1: bomb there in the first place. Yeah. that That's plausible. It makes that's no plausible. sense. Yeah. Well, my thing was like you were saying, it was shot from far away. It's very grainy. You can't see any of the guys. I mean, it could be Hollywood actors dressed up. Uh, they do something, they take something off and they go away. The whole thing was, I mean, it, it could have easily been staged. It pro- i don't know. It probably was. It might, it, but it might be an older film as well. But the point is, you can't just show this video and go, "Aha! One hundred percent proof. Th- proof. This is proof that Tehran authorized this. We're one step closer to war." Yeah. It just—it doesn't. It's not enough. It's not enough.
0: There is, um, yeah. I mean, they're not even trying hard here to fake. If you're gonna fake stuff, at least go to some effort. To fake it now, you of like course. The moon landing, good yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was great. I'm you know, there's people who still believe in the moon landing <laughs> now. <laughs> within a day of the attacks, the CEO of the Japanese tanker said that his right. own people on the tanker said that it was actually struck by a flying projectile and that they saw it right. before it hit, yes. Sailors saw something flying toward the vessel just before the explosion, and the impact, obviously, was above the waterline. Mm -hmm. So, according to the Japanese crew, it wasn't even a limpet mine. They saw something flying towards the ship.
1: Right. I mean... Let's just back up here for let's just stop and back up here for a second. We know Michael Michael Bolton. John Bolton has been saying for years he wants to take out Korea, Iran and Iraq. he wants regime change. He wants those are the three countries that are on his list whatever. I, I mean I would like to think that my tax dollars are going for better, superior false flag operations. If you're going to frame a country so we can attack it and then hopefully take its oil, do a better job this just seems to be either amateur hour or there's just things happening and no one knows what's going on and certain Americans are trying to weave a narrative given the events they have before them
0: or they just think yeah, it doesn't matter Americans don't give a shit man you know we'll just believe they'll just believe whatever we tell them to believe yeah, yeah. yeah. now so what are the main sure. theories <clears throat> Uh, well, obviously, the the one that's being perpetuated by most of the mainstream media that I've seen is that Iran did it. And as you said, suggesting that rogue elements within the Iranian Revolutionary Guard might have been responsible mm-hmm. for it. But, right. <clears throat> of course, we, we have to think outside of the box. Um, maybe the Saudis did it, who more than anyone wants to see the U.S. at war with Iran. Well, yeah. the Saudis, as we talked about at length in our Syrian civil war series, um, no one hates Iran. Well, no one except the U.S. and maybe Israel hates Iran more than the Saudis. Yes. Um, who was responsible for the 9-11 attacks? The Saudis. Um, mm-hmm. uh, who's been mostly responsible for the Syrian civil war uh, escalation? After the original uh, 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 protests in 2011, uh, the Saudis, from what we could tell during our Syrian civil war series, they jumped in there with both boots because they yeah. want to get rid of Syria as well. Um, of course, this gets back to the whole Sunni Shiite uh, war that's been going on since Muhammad died. Ah. And yes. uh, who, you know, this endless millennia old uh, struggle between the Sunni and the Shia for. Who is in control of Islam around the world? And Saudis, the Saudis are the main Sunni body, uh, and and the Iranians represent the the Shia. And of course, the Saudis, uh, uh, most of the terrorist groups around the world come out of uh, the Wahhabist Sunni version of Islam, not the Iranians. You wouldn't know that listening oh, to American rhetoric, right? but. Nope. Uh, <laughs> That's nope. how it breaks down. Now, of course, the U.S. obviously has a long track record of uh, f- uh, of uh, false flag uh, narratives. Uh, yeah. Remember the Maine. Remember the Gulf of Tonkin. Uh, and it, you know these sorts of narratives, uh, weapons of mass destruction with Saddam. The U.S. has been using these yeah. sorts of bullshit. Oh, we were attacked. Um, some, One of our friends was attacked, narratives for a long time. So, again, you have to look at Cui Bono, who benefits and who has a track record of doing pulling these sorts of stunts. And, of course, we have to acknowledge that the US has a long track record of doing this kind of shit, but they're not the only ones. But we have yeah. to... Th- this has to be part of part of our analysis here is the U.S., particularly in this instance when the official U.S. narrative seems to have fallen apart within 24 hours. Oh, look, there's video of Iranians taking off an unexploded limpet mine from the Japanese ship and the CEO of the Japanese ship going, actually, it wasn't a limpet mine. We saw guys flying yeah. something at us. Some sort of a weaponized drone, I guess, is the suggestion there. Um, mm-hmm. Unless... I mean, maybe somebody had a limpet mine on there and the drone was the remote or the drone was trying to video it. I don't know. Maybe the maybe there was a drone doing something right. else there, but it seems to be a bit of a coincidence. So who else stands to benefit? Well, you know, we have to look at who benefits, uh, not just in terms of who wants to start a war with Iran. And of course, we know that, Apart from the whole Sunni-Shia thing, Iran is one of the world's largest oil producers and the mm. US wants to control all of the world's oil supply, uh, hence their attempts at overthrowing the Venezuelan government, one of the world's largest right. oil producers. They overthrew Gaddafi and Libya. They overthrew mm. Saddam and Iraq. And they've been uh, trying to figure out how to overthrow Iran for decades. Um, now, crude oil prices uh, have been dropping since March, uh, and I, as I said on the show a few weeks ago, though they're up since the start of the year, they're mm-hmm. now they're still up twenty five percent since the start of the year, but are dropping. I think they peaked at April when they were fifty percent up. They were about sixty two, sixty four dollars a barrel, I think, as of uh, April. They're now down around fifty two dollars, I think still up from about 44 at the beginning of the year. But Mm -hmm. um, these attacks don't seem to have had much of an impact on crude prices yet. Now, who benefits from uh, higher oil prices? Well, oil manufacturers, uh, generally, uh, people involved in drilling, manufacturing, uh, refining, distributing oil benefit from that. Mm -hmm. But also there are... Other parts of the economy that are affected as well. Um, now, why have they been? Why have prices been dropping? Well, most of the analysis that I read says it's due to oversupply. As I've said on the show earlier, mm-hmm. uh, the US with its fracking and shale oil has yeah. become. Uh, Probably the world's largest supplier of oil over the course of the last year certainly is seems to be a net exporter now of oil mm-hmm. for the first yeah. time in I don't know which a is century.
1: saying
0: something yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously U.S. Uh, producers of oil want the price to go up although it gets a little bit complicated here because. Uh, the, the unit cost of producing shale oil is a lot lower than uh, you know, the, the Saudi oil, traditional oil that you're pulling out from deep under the ground. Mm-hmm. So um, a full, if, if you can produce your product cheaper than your competitors, a falling right. price actually works ah. to your advantage because you can still profit even though the oil price is dropping, whereas your competitors are going to struggle. Uh, Obviously, one of the major uh, suppliers of oil in the world is Russia. Um, Russia's economy is very tied to the oil price. Um, I think I talked on Mm -hmm. the show a while back about how the, the Saudis and the Russians had come, uh, come up with a deal to restrict uh, oil production to try and keep the price up. Um, um, now, I, I don't know. So there's the, it's, it's, it's quite complicated to try and figure out who benefits here. There's also There's also a line of thought that says oil prices going down is good for the US economy. Um, November last year, Donald Trump mm. tweeted, Oil prices getting lower. Great. Like a big tax cut for America and the world. Enjoy. $54 was just $82. Thank you to Saudi Arabia, but let's go lower. That was because Saudi Arabia was pushing oil production to an all time high uh, at the time. Now, the argument is that lower oil prices give consumers more money to spend, which seems logical on the surface. And some economists will say that lower oil prices lead to inflation because people are spending more money and prices go up. But you're still spending the same amount of money. So if petrol or or gas prices go down and you go and spend that money on beer instead, the same amount of money is still getting spent.
1: Just on something else. Just on
0: something else. Now declining oil prices leads also to declining revenue for oil and gas companies domestically companies that produce oil cut back on costs which might mean laying off employees which means they have less money to spend which means the economy suffers so it's 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 really yeah. hard to for me to work out exactly how this all plays out but just you know that doesn't mean that uh, the the people that are uh, trying to manipulate these oil prices have any better idea than I do about mm-hmm. how it's going to play out. they just yeah. you know they may have a particular vested interest in lower oil prices or higher oil prices because trying to uh, attack these ships may be trying to uh, uh, threaten the world's oil supply and to drive prices up hasn't hasn't happened though yet. If there was a major war between the U.S. and Iran, that might spike oil prices. But yeah. my guess is that there are elements within the U.S. government uh, that do want a war with Iran, and they want to take control of Iranian oil, like they took control of Iraqi oil and Libyan oil. You know, remember General Wesley Clark? We talked about mm-hmm. him. Now, he used to be the head of NATO. Uh, right. four-star general, now retired. He said that in 2001, just after the 9-11 attacks, he was in the Pentagon, and uh, an old contact of his said, uh, I just got a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq, then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. Fuck. And if you look at those countries, uh, yeah, I mean, Lebanon is debatable. Uh, Syria, they're still holding on. Yeah, but um, certainly Iraq, Libya, Somalia, and Sudan, and uh, are all been mostly taken care of. And uh, Iran is on the list. So, like it, it, these. I mean, I'm surprised Venezuela wasn't on that list. Um, this same guy also told, uh, according to Wesley Clark, also said to him at the time, we're going to invade Iraq. He told him that like the day after 9-11. And uh, right. Clark said, why? What Have we found some some something new to adjust? He goes, no, nah, no, nah, we just want to do it. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing Here's new. There's a chance. Nothing new. Yeah. yeah, we're just going to do it. Yeah. Um. So uh, uh, getting back to who to believe uh, and who benefits, mm-hmm. it's a messy one. But, um, you know, if we look at, well, here's another thing, another another source of lies. Um, on May 31st, a suicide bomber attacked a U.S. convoy in Kabul, Afghanistan, mm-hmm. killed four Afghan passers-by and wounded four American servicemen and a few civilians. Right. And the Taliban immediately took responsibility. Their spokesman Mm -hmm. uh, took responsibility for it almost immediately. But Mike Pompeo said it was one of a series of attacks instigated by the Islamic Republic of Iran and its surrogates against American and allied
1: interests. Wow. That's a hell of a stretch. Well, it's
0: not a stretch. It's just blatantly wrong (laughs) and propaganda and bullshit. Um, the right. taliban are almost entirely made up of sunnis there are mm-hmm. th- there are a sunni muslim pushtun ethnic group in afghanistan um, yeah, i think the the pushtun are about 40 45% something like that of the country's population the taliban are almost entirely sunni to su- <laughs> so to suggest that a sunni group is a surrogate of the Shia in Iran is just, it's yeah. ridiculous. Um, so for Mike Pompeo to come out and suggest now he knows that. He's not an idiot. Yeah. He knows where the ta- the differences between the Taliban and the Iranians. But for him to come out and say that, again, yeah. suggests he's just talking complete and utter bullshit and expecting to get away with it because uh, Americans don't yeah. know the difference. Don't give a shit.
1: Yeah, they're all news will report
0: it. They're yeah. all Islamic terrorists. They're all the same uh, for most Americans, right? Exactly. Now, remember also, uh, uh, reported a few weeks ago that Bolton had just hired Richard Goldberg, who right? came came out of a uh, fake extreme right wing think tank in the U.S. He's a noted Iran hawk. Um, mm-hmm. basically hired him to lead the attack on Iran a few weeks ago. Sure. Yeah, um, right. So you add that to this and the lies and the, oh, you know, uh, we've got video of a ship taking off unexploded limpet mines and the Japanese saying, no, nah, this is a flying... object. Just there's so many lies coming out about this. It, it All signs point to... I get my little magic Mm -hmm. eight ball. All signs point to America and or one of its surrogates, mostly probably the Saudis or the Israelis, uh, Mm -hmm. being responsible for at least this attack and maybe the one a month ago um, trying to blame it on Iran to justify... Increased sanctions and or military engagement with Iran. Yeah,
1: I had to, I, I listened to one analysis said that Trump doesn't want war. He knows himself. He knows his limitations. And that's just not something unless it was something blatant, like we are attacked, you know, whatever. That's not his thing. It, he It's just not who he is. And because that, that's kind of why Michael Bolton has been going off recently, um, but John, it's not been, John Bolton. John, John Bolton. Michael's, dang it.
0: Michael's his brother.
1: Like, right. Yeah. So just, just that. But in the end, if, if things like this keep up and more people keep you know beating the drums of war that we need to go against Iran. I think that Trump being the type of person that he is, and, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but if you get enough people in the room and the vast majority of them are saying, yes, sir, I'm sorry, but the evidence is right here. They've been doing this for months or weeks or whatever. And we have to teach him a lesson or we have to go to, go to war that he would eventually cave. And so some people, some analysts are thinking that the John Boltons within the administration are winning and they're weakening uh, Trump's will not to get into something as crazy as a war. So it's very unsettling.
0: And maybe it's not about a war. Maybe it's just about preventing Iran from being able to sell their oil to China and India and Japan. I mean, if you take out the competition's ability to sell...
1: But that's a hell of a
0: There's still, tactic. There's still yeah. a demand for the product... So then, you and your allies, the US oil producers and the Saudis in particular, get to sell more of your product. Gotcha. Um, you're taking out the competition. I mean, it may, I mean, like, I'm sure there are people inside of the US uh, uh, government and uh, Pentagon that want to go to war, military supplies. You know, we've talked a lot on yeah. this in our Cold War show about how the US has a war driven economy and has had uh, since world war 2 and military keynesianism so mm-hmm. uh, and at least with all of this kind of stuff even if it looks like you might go to war you can go oh, well we need to buy another 20 yeah. carriers and 1000 missiles and make some more Jets, nukes and, and yeah. yeah so you don't yeah. need to go to war to justify additional military spending you just need it's the ever money. present threat right of war yeah. to justify that, and at the end of the day, that's what really they want. It's not the war per se; it's mm-hmm. just the spending of taxpayers' money on war preparation. I mean, yeah. you you only really want to go to war if you if you absolutely have to. It's uh, you know, war is economics by other means. And it, it, what they what you really want? Okay, if you sat down with one of these American. Strategists um, and said, what do you really want? I'm sure what they'd say is, yeah. we want control of Iran, uh, either direct or by proxy, preferably proxy. America's not much into direct. I mean, that's the big difference between American imperialism and you know, 19th century imperialism. They don't want to go and necessarily plant a flag. They just want to have governments in these countries that do what they want them to do they want puppet mm-hmm. puppet governments that will yeah. sell them their natural resources buy their goods and services and uh, support their votes in the un that's really yeah. all they want right it, it's we want we want control but it's not direct control it's indirect control which is smart right that's it, yeah. it's smart it's also cheaper um i mean the us may have Yes. 800 military bases around the world, but it's not, it doesn't have to yeah. actively uh, you know, you know, maintain control. It allows these puppet governments to maintain control of their people on their behalf. Um, mm. It just spies on them for them and tells them who to throw in jails for being um, uh, subversives. Mm. Um, so it wants control. Now, there are different ways to get control of U- Iran's oil supply. One is to, you know, boots on the ground, invade, crush them, and put, install a puppet government, um, like they did in 1953 when they replaced the democratically elected uh, Prime Minister Mossadegh in Iran with the Shah. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they had the Shah as their puppet government there until 1979. Uh, the other way to do it is, and this is, you know, the the been uh, one of the favorite American ways, it hasn't been very successful, but they've been trying this since uh, 1959 is through economic sanctions. So you just try and crush the economy, bleed them to death. They tr- they've been trying it with Cuba, they've tried it now, trying it now with Venezuela. Uh, and they've been trying it with Iran for decades as well. We will just bleed you to death wait until your people are starving and then let your people revolt and do the do the work for us
1: right but until then everybody in that country suffers
0: oh yeah 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 okay. so I, so i think that's probably their preferred probably donald trump's preferred model as well let's try and bleed them to death first um, then we can say, well, we didn't start a war We just did economic sanctions And for some mm-hmm. reason I mean, economic sanctions, as I keep saying Is war, it's an act of war um, yeah. But it, for some reason it just It's easier to get away with It right. sounds nicer than war And also there's yeah. less visuals I mean, and you see this all the time Okay, so if you go to war Then you've got the problems of and this is what the Americans learnt uh, during World War... Uh, sorry, during Vietnam, right? So then you have My Lai Massacre and stuff like that happen. You have mm-hmm. bodies coming home in body bags and coffins and then you have to ban that. You can't show that on TV, coffins, because that's not good. You have to... <clears the throat> drugs. <laughs> you have to uh, try and prevent people from getting footage of that. So you want to avoid that, if all possible, because visually... Boots-on-the-ground wars. Uh, I mean, people think it's sexy. Americans, like, get all hot and hard. Oh, look at that, our missiles leaving aircraft carriers, and oh, it's so sexy. Mm -hmm. They shoot a few loads over that. But eventually it it (laughs) results in Americans coming home in body bags, and and people don't like that. Right. So with economic sanctions, you don't get any of that. You get people starving in the country that you've submitted to sanctions, but then you just blame it on their government. Oh, well, look, you know, they're such a bad government, their people are starving. Mm-hmm. And when people like me try and say, but it's, they're starving because of your economic sanctions, uh, you know, people in here, people here in the US go, oh, but, you know, no, they're just corrupt.
1: Yeah. Uh, they don't want to see it.
0: They're socialists or something, religious bigots. Right. And it's hard to get through that uh, filter. It's hard to throw
1: up something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, the last thing I want to talk about with regards to this whole situation shit, we're well over an hour. Um, We're not going to get to Julian Assange today. Um, Is, you know, you have to look at, okay, in terms of these two countries, the US and Iran. Mm hmm. Which one has a history of invading other countries? You always hear, oh, Iran, uh, you know, they're supporting terrorists. Really? Yeah, okay. Um, What's the U.S. done uh, since 1979? Look look at the number of countries and the number of wars Iran has been involved in and the number of uh, wars and terrorist activities that the U.S. has been involved in since 1979 um mm-hmm. it's not even close i mean I- iran was involved in the iran iraq war for a better part of 10 years in the, all in mostly the entire 80s started by iraq when they invaded right. iran supported yeah. of course by the americans yeah supported by reagan um who was also supporting iran on the back end via the iran contra deal but mostly supporting <laughs> oh, iraq Saddam Hussein's invasion of Iran. And, of course, uh, under Reagan, uh, with a lot of the key players that are still there now, you had all of the uh, right-wing dictatorships uh, throughout uh, Latin America that were directly supported by the United States to crack down on their populations. Um, and not to mention the Iraq invasion of 2003 it's which was illegal and based on false and you know claims of weapons of mass destruction, etc etc etc. So when you're looking at these two countries, which one is the real uh, threat to world peace, which one has a genuine track record of Okay, and then people will say, oh, well, Iran supports Hezbollah. Yeah, Yeah. they support Hezbollah. To do what? Hezbollah is trying to defend the Lebanese and the Palestinians from incursions and invasions into their own countries. That's what Iran is... That's what Hezbollah's job is. Hezbollah's Mm -hmm. job in Palestine is to try and support the Palestinians from the invasion of the US-supported Israeli government. (sighs) There, there, are it's self.
1: Hezbollah yeah. is a
0: is is in the role of self defence. Name me one country that Hezbollah has invaded.
1: <laughs> Good point.
0: They get invited into countries that are being invaded as a to try and support them. There are, you know, now you you can disagree if you want with the tactics of Hezbollah, but there are there are defence force. That are supporting mm-hmm. countries that are being invaded, but it gets spun as somehow
1: they're the terrorists. Right. Because they're, they're fighting. Just the fact that they're fighting is enough for for it to be spun. Yeah. So, certainly by Fox News.
0: Now yeah. I'm not I'm I'm not going to argue that Hezbollah are saints or the was rainy re, the Iranian Revolutionary right. Guard are saints. There are no saints. Right. But yeah. if you if you sit down with a piece of paper and write down do some research and look at all of America's military involvements since 1980 and all of Iran's. uh, It's not even close. You'll be surprised. It's not even close. I mean, Iran has invaded no countries since Mm -hmm. the Ayatollah took over in 1979. America has directly or indirectly been involved in, I don't know, at least 20 that I could rattle off the top of my head. So, which one of these two countries is really an aggressor? Yeah. But you won't see much of that narrative in the mainstream media. But just keep that in mind when you're reading all of this stuff about Iran. Be careful about the proper, you know, sorting through the...
1: Just one last thing that I was thinking about, something you were saying earlier. So, if there's 17 transports, for lack of a better word, going through that area a day, and relatively few have been hit, attacked, and as far as I know, there's either been no or very few deaths, some injuries, and the explosions are above the waterline. Clearly, you would want it to be below if you're trying to seek a ship. I mean, you put all that together, and again, we don't know when you, about who's doing this, but someone's sending someone a message, but... It could all very easily get very, even more convoluted, complicated, and intense at a very short time, and someone's going to do something stupid. But it just seems to me that someone's trying to give a little warning or shot across the bow, because if they wanted it to be ugly, it could be a lot uglier than what it's been so far.